the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Praise God. Ian and I have great, great, great news for you. Ian has just completed our 81st website. The title being Calvary Apostolic Literature Ministries. Amen. We are going to publish all our essays, all our incomplete books, and all our completed books. The reason being, we had all our other websites uh, based on audiovisual, but you had nothing written in your hand. And therefore, through prayer, God has moved me to have a literature website where you can have our uh, our writings in your hand. Not only to hear God's word, not only to see God's word, amen, but to be able to handle God's word, that you can underscore the word of God and mark it. And other than that, use it as a basis for your preaching, amen. This is our ministry, amen, to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ, that they all might come to the unity of the faith. Thank God. Seven years, almost eight years this year, Ian, in September. Yes. We'll be working together eight years. Amen. And we, we thank God for what He's doing in us and through us. You know, I've always said, we don't work for God. We work with God in order that God might work through us. Amen. So thank God for the wonderful blessing. In fact, it's up already. All you do is type on, type in rather, on the Google page, Calvary Apostolic Literature Ministries. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I, I just pray that this ministry will be a blessing to you, that you will share it with your family and your friends and your church. Remember this, our ministry is there to edify you, to bless you, that you might do the work of God. And by the way, we have dedicated Calvary Apostolic Literature Ministries to my pastor, and that being Apostle, Pastor Teacher Edwin Gray of Open Door Assemblies. He was a mighty man of God, and though he's dead, yet he speaks. You know how he speaks? He speaks through me. I'm his son in the Lord. He speaks through Pastor Glenn Horner, Pastor Peter Ward. He speaks through Prophet Des Lottery. Amen. He speaks to Pastor Alec Hitzroth and one or two others. Amen. So though he's dead, his ministry continues with us. And I'm so proud that I can be an echo of my pastor, Apostle Edwin Gray. Now, Let's go into this morning's message. Amen. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, Father, that your word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Bless your word now to us and through us, that the hearers, O God, might heed the word and work towards the fulfillment of the word in their life and ministry. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The message is entitled, 
the call for unity in the body of Christ. Over the past seven years, I have done my utmost best to obey the great commission of Matthew 28, 18 to 20 and Mark 16. The grace of our Lord Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God our Father has enabled us, that is Ian and I, to have done close on to 150 videos and 81 websites in 78 languages. I praise God for all what He has done through Calvary Apostolic Ministries, Calvary Teaching Ministries, and Calvary Evangelical Ministries. God has wonderfully met our financial needs all this time. And you know what? By the grace of God, not once do we miss <laughs> giving Ian his, salary, his wages. <laughs> Thank God, Ian. Hmm. Thank God. God has wonderfully met our financial needs all the time. A special word of thanks to my dear wife, Dolores, who has faithfully stood alongside me all the years, not just believing that God had truly called me, but also for supporting the ministry financially. Good news. I've retired from secular work, not just, not just because I'm getting on in years, I will be 73 this year, 2019, 1st of August. The ministry demands that I set myself aside exclusively for the ministry. My dear wife has decided to continue working to help finance the ministry and to give me more time to concentrate on the ministry. A godly encouragement and support and the inner witness of the Holy Spirit propels me to ask God to help me move the ministry to the next phase and that developing the 81st website, Calvary Literature Ministry. Now, over the years, I've been teaching in Bible schools of ministry. Let me reiterate that. Over the years, I've been teaching in Bible colleges and schools of ministry. I've written several incomplete books, which I'm doing my utmost to complete. But I must admit, it's so difficult. With the videos that we do, and with so many other things we do, Ian and I and Mrs. D in the ministry, I find it difficult. But I'm going to persevere. I am doing my utmost to complete the books, and I'm of the persuasion that our ministry must employ as many means possible to expedite our calling, and that being for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that wonderful scripture is recorded in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. Now, honestly speaking, I must admit my ministry, ministry thus far has only touched on for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, edification of the body of Christ, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I must admit, as yet I have not made a concerted, concentrated, determined effort to minister on uniting the body of Christ. 
I feel in my heart and my spirit, and I trust you have a witness that God is propelling me to make an effort to do some preaching, teaching, writing on uniting the body of Christ. What lies ahead is a major task. And I must admit, for any servant of God, no matter how dedicated, it is virtually impossible to unite the body of Christ with all the diversities of cultures, languages, and most of all, the various doctrinal persuasions. Yes, we can quote the scripture. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. However, what strategies are we going to put in place to bring about the body of Christ to unity? There, in the very unadulterated word of God, are the means, the scriptural resources, the spiritual resources embedded in the Holy Scripture, which will bring about unity. When these spiritual resources are studied and applied diligently, diligently, and may I add to the letter, the Holy Spirit will use us to move the church towards unity. I do believe many ministers throughout the church age have endeavored to bring about unity. And candidly, honestly, many died trying, though I cannot cite names and times. But it's good that you read the book, uh, the Fox Book of Martyrs. I say that for the mere fact if I, a simple man of God like me and many other contemporary present-day ministers throughout the world, cry out to God for unity in the body of Christ, God will hear our hearts cry and move the body of Christ towards unity. I was saved in 1975. And in the same year was water baptized and spirit filled with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Since that time, right to the present day, the 21st, rather 22nd, no, the 24th, mate, what's it today? I think 24th. The, the 24th of May 2019, I have seen many fresh moves of the Holy Spirit. At the time of my salvation, there was a mighty evangelical move of the Spirit throughout the world. And I want to make mention of two South African men in the Durban area that done an outstanding work of evangelism. And that is Evangelist Michael Henry and Evangelist Derek Finn. Wonderful men of God. Powerful men of God. Thousands upon thousands at that time left their denominational churches. And from this great exodus from the nominal churches, the charismatic movement was born. If my memory serves me right, in the early 1980s, there was a fresh awakening towards the doctrine of faith, which led later to the prosperity movement. Thereafter followed the Toronto movement, the prophetical, the apostolic and the kingdom revival movement. And now presently, there's an emphasis towards motivational preaching. All these awakenings, were initially of the Holy Spirit. However, as time progressed, much error in which further divided the body of Christ. Surely, I was mightily blessed to have witnessed and to some degree experienced the blessings thereof of all these uh, 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 revivals. However, 
As time moved on and Eric kept into these moves of the Holy Spirit, I, I was forced to withdraw myself. Perhaps this is the paramount reason why so many of us are afraid to move towards unity. We do not want to be tarnished with the same tar brush. We do not want to be viewed as those who are in error. Let me assure us, born again spiritual Christians, who are we to cast the first stone? Am I perhaps, are you perhaps perfect in your doctor, doctrinal fundamentals? Do I have a log in my eye and looking down upon those who have a beam in their eyes? Other than that, does not the Bible teach if our brother is at fault that we should help him? Now, let me speak on my personal testimony. Allow me the privilege of using my childhood experience to show forth the evil power of division which robs the body of Christ of the power of being one body. And by the way, the word one means union. Though we grew up in South Africa, under the evil of apartheid, which divided its citizens, citizens into various racist groups from childhood days, I am a South African privileged to have been born in 15 pound of Woodstock, Cape Town, during the evil reign of apartheid. I will never forget the reign of evil apartheid. And I will never forget my upbringing in 15 Pine Road, Woodstock. All the children of that road attended different schools of color, and that being white, black, colored. However, though we all went to different racial groups, a racial ch uh, a school, different races, the point is this, once we came home from school, we discarded the evil of racism, for we had the time of our life as children playing together. Apartheid, the evil apartheid system was left at school, and when we came home to our road where we lived, we became one. Together we played soccer, rugby, three turns, hide and seek, cricket, and so many other sports. Because we were a so-called mixed colored group, we could not use the sport facilities which were only earmarked for whites. Our field of play was our road. Our racist schools divided us, but oh no, they could not keep us apart. Once we came home from school, we were one again. We saw no distinction of color. We saw each other as our friends, as our teammates. Often, the police van would drive through our neighborhood and we would scatter. Whoever was caught by the police, their parents would have to pay a fine. The charge was that we were playing sport in the street and we were a dangerous hazard to the traffic. The charge was simply a bluff. Parents paid a fine, not really for their children playing in the street. They paid the fine because their children were playing sport as an interracial group. The fines, may I add with great pride, the fines never deterred our parents. They encouraged us, all of us, to carry on playing together once we came back from school. Where I lived, my childhood days had an integrated group of people 
who never saw color and over the years living in the same street were more than neighbors. They were bosom friends. Now, how does this tes testimony relate to the unity of the body of Christ? Well, first, it is a simple anal analogy of a community who were divided through no fault of their own and yet defied the disunity forced upon them through the evil of apartheid by the South African government. Now, what you and I are facing today in the church concerning division, what has happened is this, doctrine has divided us, but we must not allow the doctrine to divide us anymore. We must, like us kids who played played sport in the street as one, although went to different colored schools. We must do that. We must become one. No matter what divides us, we must ignore the disunity and function as one. Now, how are we going to go about this? What endeavors are we going to make to bring about unity? And by the way, what I'm ministering this morning is only an introduction. There's much more I can teach on. But I want to just give you something to think about till next week or the following weeks that we put up the next video on the subject. What can you do and I do now eh, to bring about some form of unity or just move towards it? Okay, let's speak about the spiritual strategies to bring about unity. Let's speak of Jesus first. Jesus for close on to three and a half years, mentored 12 apostles. He knew their strengths and their weaknesses. He had experiences with them which showed forth the human frailty. And therefore Jesus prayed to God, his Father, to keep them as one, even as Jesus and his Father were one. Peter often spoke unwisely. You know, Peter and uh, uh, was it James and John, who, who, whose parents uh, 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 sought position. And no doubt there was strife amongst the, the twelve. They wanted positions. Amen. They wanted to sit on the right hand and the left hand of, of God. Now, Jesus therefore prayed a priestly prayer. And that prayer was that the twelve apostles become one, even as Christ, God and the Spirit are one. Now, let me shock you. I've done a little research. Do you know there are over 20,000 Christian denominations? Some uh, websites say even more, but I took the lowest one. Over 20,000 different Christian denominations. I, as a Pentecostal ordained minister of the glorious uh, ministry, uh, gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm shocked to inform you that there are over 700 Pentecostal denominations. Wow! Now, before we make any effort to move toward unity, we have first, first to discover just what has contributed to the disunity. Why are we so divided? Why? Well, this may shock us, but it is the truth. Our doctrines have divided us. I've always maintained doctrine never ever unites us. It only divides us. 
The remarkable fact is every denomination and independent local churches claim their doctrine is on par with the scripture. Their doctrine, like the Holy Scripture, they say, is without error. Their beliefs are equated as to the inerrancy of the Holy Scripture. In simple terms, they are saying that our doctrines are inspired by God. This is a great state of affairs in the body of Christ. For united we stand, divided we fall. As members of the body of Christ, each domination with its unique set of doctrines failed to understand because of such diversity, we are losing our testimony and our influence in this world. Allow me to, allow me the privilege of using my childhood experience. Oh, I just used that. Amen. So bear that in mind. Now, I, 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 I was working with Ian a few moments ago. And we were putting up our new website, Calvary Apostolic uh, Literature Ministries. And um, while Ian was busy with the website, I had to complete this teaching. But you know, in a flash, I believe God laid upon my spirit 10 means that we can employ in our Christian walk with other Christians that will bring about a form of unity. And I want you to take note of these 10, 10, 10 uh, 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 methodologies of moving towards unity. Number one, just as we children and parents of the children defy the apartheid laws of South Africa, we individual born-again Christians must fellowship with other Christians regardless of their doctrine. Right? What must unite us is having fellowship in Jesus and not doctrine. Number two, when we are together with other Christians with different persuasions of doctrine, we should converse on subjects that don't divide us. We mustn't speak doctrine. We must speak Jesus. Amen. Number three, we must minister to each other's needs and regardless of difference of doctrinal persuasions. Let me reiterate that. Number three, we must minister to each other's needs regardless of differences of doctrinal persuasion. We know the saying, charity begins at home. So the tendency is to minister to the needs of people who think and act and believe like us. Yeah, that's good. But understand that. Understand this. They are our brethren. Amen. They believe in Jesus. Some of them are spirit-filled. And at times we must leave <laughs> our own denomination to unite other denominations with us by doing good deeds to them. Okay. Number four. Never, never ever speak to other Christians of other denominations' doctrines which differ with yours. Once again, speak Jesus to them. Number five, be it you are invited to preach in churches whose doctrines are different to yours, do not preach your doctrine. Preach Jesus. Imagine preaching your doctrine there and their doctrine is different. You're going to cause more division. 
Number six, live out the priestly prayer of Jesus. That we be one as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are. Live out the spirit of oneness. In other words, Jesus prayed that we be one. Now, be a part of the answer to Jesus' prayer. Do you know if you and I continue to divide ourselves based on doctrine, which is not inherent in the, the scripture, amen, then we, we, we're not answering the prayer of Jesus. And if you love the Lord, you will obey Him. And more so, you will live out the prayer that Jesus prayed, that we be one as He and His Father are one. Praise God. Amen. Number nine. Number, okay, where was I? Number seven. Our, our understanding of oneness must become the resolute conviction that nothing will divide us as the body of Christ. Be resolute in this. Make up your mind that you're going to act out your oneness with your brother and your sister. Listen, I'm not saying I'm the ideal man. But for years, I divided myself from the so-called Jesus-only movement. I would never go near their church. I wouldn't fellowship with the Jesus-only person. But God has taught me over the years to fellowship with them. And how do I know I can fellowship with them? For the simple reason, yes, they don't believe in the Trinity. Yes, I believe in the Trinity. But do you know what? They are baptized in the same spirit. They speak in tongues like I speak in tongues. And what then gives me the, the reason not to have fellowship with them? Let me say this, and it's important. It's important. There are doctrines which are inherent in the Bible. You, can't, you cannot in any way deny that. The virgin birth, and that Jesus is God, that the Father is God, etc., 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 right? But what you must understand is this, and it's, and it's so sad. I believe that Jesus, uh, 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 my brothers in the Lord believe that Jesus Christ is the Father, He is the Son, and He is the Spirit, and He bases it on Scripture. I, on the other hand, believe that there's a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, and we are poles apart. We are poles apart. Then I have the audacity to say that <laughs> what I'm saying is of the Spirit of God, <laughs> of the Spirit of God. Then that brother who believes only in Jesus only has the same audacity to say that no, he's here from the Spirit of God and his doctrine is one with the Scripture. Woo! Now listen to this. We're both Christians. We both wash in the blood. We both speak in tongues. But we differ in so much. He believes that you must be water baptized to be saved. And baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe you must accept Jesus as your Savior. Then you're saved. Amen. We poles apart. And how can we say, because we are poles apart, that we both have heard from the Spirit. Listen. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is not the God of confusion. Now, why is there this confusion? The answer is simple. I haven't heard from the Spirit. He hasn't heard from the Spirit. It's our interpretation of Scripture. How we studied and how we came to the, to the 
uh, uh, finality of our understanding that there's a trinity and him that is only Jesus only. It's not the Spirit of God. And we have the nerve, the audacity to claim we've heard from the Spirit. The Spirit of God is not a God of confusion. We're both confused. Who's right? The Word is right. But he says, <laughs> he heard from the Spirit. It's his interpretation. I said, I've heard from the Spirit, but it's my interpretation. But who's right? The Spirit. <laughs> so, brethren, brethren, how can we divide ourselves? Who are we to, to say, I've heard from God? And we are poles apart. God's not the author of confusion. Then, let us, where am I? And when we are together as Christians, we should not speak on subjects that will divide us. Don't talk your doctrine when you get together. Don't preach gospel, uh, uh, doctrine. Preach Jesus. Number nine. Bear each other's burdens and care one for the other. Even if your doctrines are poles apart. Then number ten. Always speak good of each other. No matter the doctrine. Now I'm talking about born again. Christians. I'm not talking about the other uh, 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 so-called believers like Jehovah Witness and all that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about born-again Christians. I trust that this study has been a blessing to you. I will further elaborate it on it one of these days. But God bless you. And do go to our, uh, our, our new website. Our new website. And do me a favor. Uh, some of you there in South Africa know me. He said, after you know me, I come out of the Open Door Assemblies Greenwood Park. And what I want you to do is just please tell each other that Dr. Joseph D. Alindi has a new website and it's called Calvary Apostolic Literature Ministries. Amen. And the dedication of that ministry is towards Apostle, Pastor, Evangelist Edwin Gray, your spiritual father and my mentor. God bless you and spread the word in Jesus' name. Amen.